Hey, this is Bill Mosley. I'm Chop Top, I'm Otis, I'm Luigi Largo, and Johnny from Night of the Living Dead, and you're listening to the Horror Squad Podcast. resulted in a violent clash with police. Chances for survival are less than a million to one. There's no justice in this world. I am justice. They're trying to blame us, but we didn't do it. Free the three. Free the three. Free the three. Free the three. <laughs> Now we can have a real day of the dead. <laughs> Any last words? Uh, uh, I still want to party. I'm just a clown dancing for the sins of mankind. Did I just go? This is my death factory. You are the product. I love it. Welcome back to the Horror Squad podcast. Uh, tonight we're going to be reviewing Three from Hell, Rob Zombie's latest movie, which is currently out on Blu-ray. Um, stay tuned to the end of the show. We have a special interview with Dee Wallace, who, I mean, we don't really have to introduce her. She's a legend in the horror scene. You guys all know her. Um, really fun interview, so stick or stay tuned for that. It's only me, Steve, and uh, Joe tonight. Sam won't be with us. She'll be here next time, so we're going to skip trivia. So those who send in trivia questions, um, thank you very much, but we'll get them next time. And, uh, yeah, that's it. What have you guys been up to? Uh, just enjoying Salem uh, in October. It's been a madhouse. Uh, this past weekend was insane, especially. Um, so Sam helped um, a local business here, and she asked me to drive her. And it was, you know, I was like, okay, sure. It was, and it was Saturday. And, you know, we live, we don't live very far. Steve knows he was here. Um and it took me, like, in what what should have been, like, a six-minute drive took us, like, over an hour. Um, and I and I didn't even and I didn't even drop her off to where she needed to go. Um, and I was just like, this is crazy. Um, but, yeah, it's this – everyone's been saying this year has just been crazier than usual here. Uh, even, like, not during the weekends. Like, just this – the whole month has just been insane. And this weekend should be absolutely bonkers because it's – the last weekend before Halloween. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's been about it. Just kind of been doing like stuff like just kind of been walking around downtown. There's been like a lot of street vendors. Um, most of them, a lot of them don't sell like horror stuff, but um, there were a couple of horror vendors this week. I didn't grab anything, but they have some shirts and stuff. Um, but it's mainly all uh, 
you know, witchy stuff. Tourist nothing. stuff. Yeah, witchy touristy stuff. But I mean, I I can't recommend coming enough. Uh, even if you're a horror fan, uh, I would say come during the week though, man. Because the weekends you just like can't get into anything. Like like Count Orlock, Steve had like over an hour wait and stuff like that. So oh, I mean, man. it's yeah. I mean, it's just craziness here right now. But uh, yeah, that's really been about it this week. What about you, Steve? Not too much going on right now. I'm in like pre-Halloween uh, hell right? <laughs> things to do uh, so I could prepare for Halloween day I have to put batteries in like a million things and the problem with putting Halloween like batteries in Halloween stuff they always have that like super tiny screw that holds in the battery pack and they're such a pain in the ass to always get and after over the years they start getting like stripped a little bit so it's just like such a nightmare yeah. but it's going to be all worth it yeah, next yeah, uh, Thursday tape, when yeah, I should probably <laughs> do that because yeah, it's just it's getting ridiculous. Um, other than that, just watching a lot of stuff. Uh, my wife becomes kind of a big crafter around this time of year. She she has like a kind of side crafting business, and I help her out with that, which gives me the opportunity to watch a lot of movies because I kind of just put one on as I help her out with that stuff. So it's pretty much all I did this weekend. What about you, Todd? Uh, my weekends are just blurs, man. When you have kids, it's just kid <laughs> stuff. <laughs> But uh, I was gonna say, Steve, are you doing a haunted house again? Yep, yeah, for sure. Nice. So yeah, it's gonna be a good time. Yeah, my weekends usually consist of football outside and playing games with kids and all that crap. So nothing exciting as you guys with your Halloween extravaganzas and everything. But uh, yeah. Joe, um, is it just like what do people do to drive there? Like, is it a drivable tourist attraction, or is it just too many people trying to park, or what? Uh, it's, well, so, like, Salem's, like, a pretty, I mean, you know, it's, like, a big city, but it's, like, the down, like, the tourist area is all in one small area, so it's, like, every, and there's only, like, one way in, one way out type deal, so it's, like, everyone is trying to get into this little small area, and there's not a lot of parking, so, uh, the parking garages get full, and, you know, it's only one lane road, so it's just like thousands and thousands of people all just trying to get to the same place. So that's why it just gets so that's insane. Right. Yeah. Oh, that but sucks. this, yeah. But I mean, yeah. I mean, but we we're in, we live in walking distance, so I mean, I walk the ninety percent of the time, uh, especially this time of the year. So, but yeah, uh, this Saturday though, we're going to the Halloween part. Uh, the like big Halloween party, so we'll update you that on next week's Halloween special episode. But uh, yeah, that should be a blast. We've been going to that the past few years. It's at the Hawthorne Hotel, which is like the big hotel here. It's supposedly haunted. It's a pretty old hotel, but we've stayed there a couple times. Uh, nothing. I've never experienced anything. I'm not sure about Sam. We'll have to ask her next uh, episode. But uh, Sam has experienced some like spooky haunted things at uh, like at the Lizzie Borden house and stuff like that. I don't think she did at the Hawthorne, but maybe. Cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, I guess before we get into emails, social media, and stuff, just uh, weekend, wicked weekend, guys. Um, it's coming up. Uh, we're almost like um, less than a month and a half away now, so it's going to be a killer time, December sixth through the eighth, Stafford Springs, Connecticut. At the Palace Theater, just go to uh, thewickedvault.com for tickets and all info. Um, 
there was a couple of guest announcements. A couple more people got added this week. Uh, Catherine Corcoran uh, from Terrifier, you know, the girl who takes a selfie with him, um, just got added. And I think a couple of um, local uh, authors. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. And uh, all of the um, VIP reunion panels were announced, too, on there. So it's going to be a killer time. Um, Like I said, me, Todd, and Sam will be there all weekend. We'll be handling the good majority of the panels and um if you can't make it um we will be doing audio recording and i'm sure those will be getting up on the show um after wicked weekend but definitely come if you can because it's, it's an amazing lineup and it's going to be an awesome time yeah i know a couple of people that are you know on the instagram friends and they're coming out so awesome be cool yeah yeah our buddy uh aaron harwood stirs Sir Sturdy will be there. Oh, is he? I'm I'm yeah. stoked to meet him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. he got a t- he got a table, so oh, cool. we hooked we hooked him up with the table, so he'll be there. Um, and a couple of other of our um, pre- the the whole network will be there, so you'll meet them. Our sponsor just got announced, uh, Deadly Grounds Coffee. They will be an official vendor. Um, so yeah, it'll be a, a hell of a time. A lot of great vendors, awesome celebrity guests, great panels. I mean, it's going to be. Really, really great. So come and check it out. Yeah, make sure you get that VIP package too, so you can get behind the scenes uh, panels and shit. Yeah, exactly. The VIP panels, and it's also Friday and Saturday night open bar. So I mean, if you're a drinker, <laughs> oh you get gosh. yeah. So if you get, uh, I mean, we'll we'll get in that for free, uh, Todd, for since we're hosting it. But uh, yeah, open bar Friday and Saturday night from I think it's nine to midnight. And the beauty of that for us, Todd, is there's no panels after like nine o'clock. So we'll be able to enjoy the the VIP after parties too, which will have uh, performances by uh, the first Jason Ari Lehman's band will be performing uh, at the VIP party. Uh, Felissa Rose will be hosting uh, karaoke one of the nights. And um, Remy D, who is a um, f- apparently a famous burlesque dancer, will be doing a burlesque show. So a lot of Ooh. fun... Yeah, a lot of fun VIP Don't bring your stuff. Kids. At the, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure the VIP is 21 plus, so yeah. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, and if you do have kids, though, kids are free all weekend. Uh, I'm not sure on the age limit on that, but I think it's like 12 and under get in for free um, the whole weekend. So if you want to bring your kids, you can get, they get in for free. Very cool. Wow. That's, yeah, <laughs> sounds like an incredible time. I know, and we'll miss you. We'll miss you, Steve. I'll be so jealous. <laughs> um, yeah, you guys ready for some questions? Let's do it. All right. So uh, we have, most of the questions are three from hell related, so I'm going to ask them at the end. But we did get a couple questions that weren't. So let's start with what my paints. He has two questions. First one: uh, Do you guys make it a point to go to haunted attractions that pop up during Halloween? Are there any major productions near you guys, or is it just smaller indie haunts? I'll let you take lead on this, Joe. I know you got quite a bit. Yeah, well, like, actually, surprisingly, in Salem, there are only, like, three haunts, and they're all, like, really small ones, and honestly, they're not very good. Me and Sam did two of them, actually, this year. Actually, we did one on Saturday. I forgot to mention that. Um, We got, like, super drunk before we went into... um, but, it, I mean, and, like, we just blasted through it. I, I never got scared or anything. They're, they're, they're very weak here. Um, outside of Salem, though, there are a few good ones. Uh, Spooky World being the big, big one around here. Uh, it's called Spooky World slash Nightmare New England. It's, pro- it's about an hour from here. It's 
definitely the biggest one they got going. I would, I guess, I would compare it to a small scale, um, like what Six Flags does around the country, sort of like that. Um, but yeah, that's like the big stuff around here. And then there's then there's like a few other small ones uh, around, like uh, Witch's Woods and stuff like that. But as far as like big scale. Uh, spooky world and then all the rest are they're okay i i do try to go to at least one a year um but this year we've just since we've been so busy in salem we went to a couple of the small ones around here and they were nothing great but you know they were like eight bucks to get in or something so i'm not gonna complain nice there's actually quite a bit um because where i live is the tri-state so you got indiana and ohio within 20 minutes of where i live um so there's the waverly sanitarium uh they have their it's like a famous, you know, close sanitarium. It's supposed to be haunted and all that shit. They have that. Uh, Kings Island, which is in Ohio. It's like a Six Flags kind of thing. Like, I think they were voted, like, number one Halloween last year or something like that. Um, and then a bunch of, like, small ones, like you described, Joe. Like, there's, a like, the kid-friendly ones. But, unfortunately, I, I haven't gone to any of them because my kids are, like, just below the threshold of wanting to go to that stuff. So, I think in a couple more years they'll want to go, which will be exciting. I haven't been to one for a while, but... Back in California, we went to quite a bit. There was Not Scary Farm, where I saw Elvira perform. That was cool. And uh, let's see, the Hollywood Horror Nights over at Universal LA. And uh, the Queen Mary, if you guys know what Queen Mary is, is like a haunted ship. Like had a bunch of deaths on it from World War II and some accidents and stuff. And they have a haunted thing. It's pretty badass. And uh, that's about it. But wet my pants, man. If you got, let's go. I'm calling them out. Let's go. Let's go to one. Awesome, and and for me, uh, I mean, you know, uh, I, I live like right next to farmland, and there's one farm in particular that does a big thing called Screamers. Uh, it's basically like three things that they do. They do two haunted barns where uh, it's kind of like a walk-in haunted house, and it's surprisingly really good. Uh, it's very claustrophobic. Uh, there are some decent scares. The scare actors are really good. Uh, something that they do, which Halloween Horror Night doesn't, uh, is that they lead you into groups of, like, four to six, as opposed to a constant stream. So it really gives you more of an isolation feel, which I really like. And um, then they also have a hayride, and they have a uh, haunted corn maze, which uh, are all pretty cool. And another, like, I guess more major one that I go to, I try to every, like, two or three years, is in my hometown of Montreal, which is about two hours away, uh, their park, their Six Flags Park there does one kind of similar to Halloween Horror Nights, but a little different. Uh, what I like about that one is that unlike Horror Nights or most haunted houses where you just kind of walk through, this one, it's uh, it's a big facility and they give you flashlights and they're just like, go. And you kind of have to discover what's in there yourself and it's the really like different feeling than the, all the other ones. And in that one, they also lead you in small groups. Is it a, a escape awesome. room kind of thing? No, no, it's, it's, it's pretty linear. Um, it's a bit of a maze, but it's just like a bigger scale haunted house where there's a lot of rooms and stuff. And, but it's not really, it's not like you have to solve puzzles or anything. It's really just okay. kind of finding your way through this maze with only a flashlight. And, uh, it's really cool. So, anyone in that area in Montreal it's at uh, La Ronde which is at Six Flags Park and those are the things I do around here. It's pretty cool and you mentioned the the endless stream of people. It's kind of hard to enjoy them to be honest when there's like you, you can't like you know how you have to kind of put your mindset in like to try to get scared but it's like impossible when there's like billions screaming people around you or like young girls 
bumping into you or whatever. But I like the the small groups or like your family group or whatever. That's pretty pretty cool. Yeah, like I, I get it. You know, like at Halloween Horror Nights. I mean, it's even with that, it's like a you know, it could be up to two three hour wait for a house uh, if you don't have like uh, Express Pass or anything. So they need to do that. But it does take away the scares, especially like people like us. They the scare actors won't attack us because they kind of know we're not going to get scared, so they always go for the team yeah. people who are in front of you or behind you, and they do sometimes take away from it because yeah, they just like they overdo it. Often they're drunk and they're with their friends, and they could really take away from a house, and that's that sucks. So I do really like uh, the small groups. I just want to look at the props, to be honest. Oh, me too, <laughs> and I, that's why I like the uh, they do a backstage thing. And I like to do that because then you can actually like stop and look at the props and everything. And that's probably my favorite part of the whole thing. Did you? You probably did. Did you go to it when they had uh, AVP? Yes, I did. Oh, actually, so I, cool. I, I even saw it like uh, during one of those backstage shows. Oh my god, the queen uh, was so and, badass. Oh yeah, it's it so well done. Yeah. It actually, it's funny because when I did the house at night, like on the actual like horror nights, I didn't love it. But actually, getting to stop and see the props, I loved it more. So. Sometimes that's so, the way it is. That was the same year we're, they had uh, American Werewolf, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah that was, that was so great cool. too. Actually, yep. that that bar was like a well done recreation. So. Oh, with like the Nazi werewolves and stuff. Yeah, yeah, right. So good. Yeah. Uh, all right. So he also had a second question. Let's... When you guys attend these classic movie events in theaters, do you find yourself interacting with other people seeing the movie before it starts? I imagine there's a cult following that would warrant these releases. And if curious if an in-person community is active, love the pod. Uh, honestly, no, not for me, really. I've never really talked to people. I, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm just not like outgoing like that where I'm going to talk, go out and like talk to people like complete strangers. I mean, sure, if we're doing like a con and stuff like that, yeah, I'll like be more open. But if I'm just going to like the movie theater to watch a movie, I'm like not really unless like maybe like we're in line or something and someone's wearing like a similar like horror shirt or something or something to start a conversation with but other than that no not for me yeah pretty much same thing i'll I'll mention a cool shirt but um i mean i'd go with people we'll talk to them but random people not not usually plus the crowds around here are pretty bad with um original showings yeah i'm the same way especially at the theater i tend to be like really want to be in my own bubble uh, but yeah, t-shirts are really the gateway to speaking to other people in the community. I found either people will say nice shirt to you or you see the same thing. So that's a good opener. And usually the people are really cool and then you strike up a little conversation. But uh, overall, no, I, I tend to kind of keep to myself uh, and things like this. All right. So the last question we have that's not three from hell related is from horror fan Ryan. What are your thoughts on certain celebrities like Bruce Campbell that won't allow people to take pictures while you walk past their table at conventions. Shit. I, was, I, was, <laughs> yeah, I was very annoyed by this. If I pay $30 to get in, then everything should in the main convention hall should be allowed. If you don't want your picture taken, then you should have a separate room. Dude, you, you not only paid yeah. 30 bucks, you've paid you know, Blu-ray and you know other convention experience. You've, you've paid a shit ton of money over your, over your life for these guys. So like them not yeah. wanting a picture is ridiculous. Not even that, like the twenty second line Bruce. It's like does a picture now. Yeah, a picture from afar. Yeah, I think it's bullshit. Yeah. Um if you pay to get into the convention and if you're not you know, if you're not in a separate room, like and you're out on the convention floor, 
it's fair game. You should if people want to take a picture just of you from afar, it, that should not be not allowed. Like it's like I don't understand what the big deal about that is. Like it's not like you're getting a candid photo like with them or anything like that. Um, it's literally just a, a picture of that celebrity. It, I mean, I, I've never seen issues. Um, you know, I'm trying to think. There, there has been a couple of times where, like, uh, I think it was England at Frightmare. He didn't have a separate room, and they like even if you like they, if you try to stop and just like look at him, they were like pushing you away. You know, Linda Blair too, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I didn't have that uh, with Linda Blair at a, the con I went to, but uh, yeah. I mean, I just think it's stupid. If they if the celebrity has such a big problem with that, then do it in a separate room or do the um, – I've seen some celebrities do that uh, where they put like a tent around like their specific table or something like that, which is still stupid. But hey, I mean if, if you're that worried about people taking pictures of you. But I will say at uh, Rocket Chalk this uh, – in a couple weeks ago, Bruce was actually very cool and – I mean he didn't do table photos, but he was like – if you took pictures of him from afar, he – didn't really seem to care so um i think it may might just depend on the con the specific con it might not even be the celebrity it might just be them trying to keep people moving because sometimes those cons do get pretty um loaded with people where like you can't even move and if someone's stopping to take a picture it just makes things even worse so i I guess it may just depends on the situation Yeah, uh, so <laughs> I, I agree with you guys. I really don't get why they don't let people take pictures. Doesn't even like kind of promote the con and the celebrities a little bit. Like sometimes, you know, you, there's a lot of horror films, and you forget about certain celebrities. And I see a picture of like a celebrity at a con. I'm like, oh, cool, that celebrity's doing cons, and maybe I'll like hunt out their autograph or something. It's just like free publicity for both the con and the celebrity. So I think it's stupid. But I will tell you guys a little story. So. Up until uh, the last con that I went to with you, Joe, uh, I'd only been to really big cons. I'd never been to, like, a smaller one. And it's almost all of them, you're not allowed to take pictures at all, to the point where security guards almost, like, chase you <laughs> if you take a picture from afar. Jeez. Like, as long as you're, I guess, within range, you know? But at the last, it was, uh, I think it was Montreal Comic Con this summer, not only did they have no pictures for most con- uh, celebrities, but Lou Ferrigno, who, by the way, I, I think I've said it before, but is the biggest dick of all the celebrities I've ever met in my life. Uh, he was standing in front of he's the Hulk, bro. Leave him alone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but he, he is, yeah, he, he was awful. Uh, and I, I've seen him more than once. And I was in the line for someone, like, at the table next to him. And he, he had nobody at his table. And he's actually, like, pointing out people to the security guard who are taking pictures. So the security guard can go and stop them. It was just like, come on, dude. Really? It's That's weird. ridiculous. Yeah, he's he's not a good person from all the accounts I've seen and heard. Not a good dude. I wanted to ro- dro- uh, go back into the haunted house thing we were talking about a few seconds. Uh, what do you guys think about, like, the extreme haunts? Like, the ones where, like, uh, McKamey Manor. I'm, I'm sure both of you guys know about that. If not, it's, yeah. like, the one where, you know, it's, like, 20,000 it's basically like a, a straight torture house where you have to sign like a 40 page waiver and they basically like waterboard you and torture you and shit like that like what, what do you guys think of that Pers- personally i don't really see the appeal i just um 
especially where they're like really strict that you can't touch them back. Um, I really don't know what the point is to be honest with you. I, I guess some people want to like conquer their fears or whatever, but that's like an extreme fear. Like having like cockroaches shoved in your mouth and they can like get you naked too, which is, it's just weird, man. I don't know. I, I would never do it personally and I don't see why someone else would. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not like a haunt. It's just torture. Really? Uh, it's just this sick guy who wants to get his like power, like, like hard on it's uh i saw it on a tv show called dark tourist where he did one which is a netflix show where he goes to like weird things like that and i just, i don't know it's just stupid i guess it's more of a fetish thing to me i would think like a like a kind of bondage to oh, domination yeah, think type that, thing yeah. uh yeah because i think someone in their right mind wouldn't do this to get tortured for fun i think you have to even have, do you have to pay for that i think you have to donate like dog food or something yeah, yeah it's free you just have to donate like i think five cans of dog food or something like that it's crazy I, you can follow it on he has a facebook page and he does like the live streams and i've watched a couple of them and yeah it, it just looks fucking awful and like ter- they like legit cut you and stuff too like oh that's weird that's yeah even, it's that's, it's it's insane and like you can't win like He'll just keep going, so he doesn't need to give you the tw- like. I think it's twenty thousand dollars if you make it like ten hours, but no one's even like come close. I don't think. But you're um, not allowed to start punching them or anything. No, you can't. Yeah, That's you can't stupid. do anything. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's all like mental stuff, and then if the mental stuff doesn't break you, he starts like fucking like he'll start like cutting you little by little and i don't like, I th- see i think I, he like i think he like shaves your head he'll like shave your head and shit like there's like there's no rules how's that legal though i, I know you're signing in a way but like right you're uh, i guess it comes back to what steve said it's like a torture fetish bondage thing but how you know how like there's certain rules for like tattoo artists where you have to like have this clean shit and all that how do they regulate that like isn't that I mean, pretty you dangerous you can't yeah, I mean, you really can't. I mean, it's if you're signing, you're basically signing your life away when you sign that waiver. And if you're stupid enough to do it, I mean, I think someone actually did die once, like at there, like he had like a heart attack, but like it was like an unrelated, but about well, semi-related, but uh, yeah, it's uh, no, no good. Uh, some people are super into it. Like I am, a, yes. I, I do like follow that page just for the morbid curiosity, but. It's uh, it's pretty fucked up. <laughs> there was an interesting thread on uh, your group show about this today, I think. Uh, so maybe people, if they want to go check it out, uh, there's a there's someone I don't remember his name. Actually, went through kind of the legal portions of it, like what you know, it's like a gray area between being legal and not legal because of the waiver and but it's still torture. But it's this whole thing. And the guy had to move his facility from California to Tennessee because of that. So I think he got kicked out of California because it was deemed illegal there. So I don't know. It's it's weird. He's actually um, a member of the group too. He's just, is he? Let's get him yeah, on. Yeah, he's a member of the group. Maybe, we, should, maybe. We, we easily could. I I uh, listened to a podcast. I think it was um the uh, damn it. What's that freaking company that's buying up like every horror franchise and releasing them in the theaters? Blumhouse. Blumhouse. Yeah. Yeah. He was on that and. Uh, the weird thing is, he seems like a really cool, chill guy. <laughs> yeah, he's actually, like, fairly, like, seems, like, kind of normal. Uh, there's actually a documentary, I believe it's on Netflix. I, I think it's called Haunters, and uh, they do a whole segment on him on that. And, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, he doesn't seem like he seems like like you're like creepy uncle like but that's like, not it's good just weird. <laughs> well like like not like i, of, I get you I, I know i get you <laughs> yeah. i don't want to go to uncle john's house he's weird yeah <laughs> <laughs> everybody got that monster uncle <laughs> <laughs> yeah i got chris rocks the name um yeah and he's also on that uh, dark tour show on netflix if people want to watch i think it's the last episode um, the guy actually like goes and does it and doesn't last very long. So yeah. Is there, is there a safe word? Yeah, there is. There's yeah. Do you get there, to choose there's it? like a, uh, I don't remember if you get to choose it or the guy chooses it, but there's definitely a safe word. Crazy. Unicorn. Yeah. <laughs> Alabama. Um, and that's all the questions that we had, uh, that weren't three guys from, uh, hell related. So right on. What are we hopping into? What watched? Yeah, let's do that. May I lead off with the Banana Splits movie? Have you guys seen that yet? Oh, no. I've been waiting because I figured no. we were going to cover it on the show. Uh, okay, well, uh, how about you guys watch you, it? Give me your opinions, yes. and I won't say too much about it. Speak on our... I want to hear a little bit of your opinion, though. All right. Well, you guys know the setup already. It's a children's show. Um, uh, some This kid is really into it. His family goes to the showing, like a live taping, and they after like an after party, they get to meet the robots. Um, and then uh, they get canceled, so they just like go ape shit crazy and start killing everybody. Um, I actually, man, I had a lot of fun with it. The, you can't take it seriously at all. Um, the gore is like spot on. Um, I have some nitpicky things with it that we can cover, talk about if we decide to cover it. But I, I wasn't bored at all. I had a really good time with it. The acting for low budget was was pretty good. And when I say low budget, it's not like low low budget or anything like that um but i was i was really surprised it's actually 9.99 at best buy right now for anyone that wants to buy the blu-ray um yeah i highly recommend it nice i was actually would it be worth having the director on because i was in contact with her yeah fuck if well if you guys yeah. like it all right cool i'll watch it and i'll let you know for sure all right uh i'll go next uh i watched the gallows act two um have you have you guys seen the gallows the first one I heard it was poopy. Yeah, I, I I hated it. I hated the gallows. Uh, the first one I saw actually started theaters. Uh, shot found footage style. Uh, but I was like, you know what? Whatever. I mean, it's on Gallows Act Two straight to VOD. It just came out recently, and I was like, yeah, I guess I'll give it a watch. I mean, it can't be any worse than the sequel than the first one. And uh, you know, it, and it was better. It was it. It wasn't great, but it was definitely better than the first movie. Uh, quick plot synopsis is, uh, you know what, fuck it, I'll just read the IMDb. Uh, when Anna Rue transfers to a prestigious new acting school, she encounters a malevolent spirit after participating in a viral challenge. Um, so yeah, she's, you know, she's like basically a famous, like a popular YouTuber. She has like a million subscribers and someone messages her and is like, hey, you should do the charlie challenge which is basically like this kid that did this play the gallows from the first movie we learned and he ends up like uh there's a freak accident and he hangs himself by accident and uh yeah so this girl decides to do the challenge and basically the spirit of charlie comes back to haunt her and uh but yeah i mean it it's not great or anything like that but it kept me entertained uh, for a good majority of the movie i think it's like a really good um you know, good for, like, the teenage crowd. Um, 
you know, a, a good one to just kind of throw on and you can shut your brain off type movie. So, um, I would say a mild recommend, but, uh, I was, I think cause I went in with such low expectations, I was pleasantly surprised. Was it better than the masterpiece that is the Bye Bye Man? I very, very oh. better. <laughs> I love yeah. the Bye Bye Man, so. <laughs> the pee pee poo poo man. Um, uh, mine is also kind of along the same lines as Todd, where I think we might review it at some point, so I'm not going to say too much about it. And that's uh, Eli, which is on Netflix. Uh, we actually reviewed the trailer a couple of weeks ago, and none of us were that kind of excited about it, but I decided to watch it anyway. It's about a, a kid who uh, has like a lot of allergies to things, and he has to stay in like this bubble, so he goes to a facility so they can cure him, some like old mansion facility to cure him and then he starts getting like haunted and there's this ghost stuff and a bunch of stuff ensues i actually really really liked it um it really surprised me it went in a direction i didn't expect and i think it would make for a good discussion because it does go in such a different direction so go check it out i think uh, we might talk about it at some point and yeah would it make like your top five like not top five but it, it would definitely it'd be close it'd be like maybe six wow. or seven okay awesome i'm about halfway through it i had to take a break from it because i something came up but i was digging it so far um fun fact is actually a prequel to bubble boy um so if you guys are into that first movie <laughs> true story <laughs> <laughs> all right my next Jake one nice. yeah Jake Gyllenhaal. uh my next one is hell night 1981 um What's his face? Damon actually mentioned it when he was on the, the podcast. Um, first time watch for me, actually. And it stars Linda Blair. She's a little bit older, and she has a lot of cleavage in this one. And it's about a typical college frat uh, initiation thing where they have to go into like the local haunted house where like the family was murdered, blah, blah, blah. And they'd stay there the rest of the night. And lo and behold, one of the family members wasn't dead after all, and he comes back and starts killing them off. But uh, a little slow, a little dull at times. But overall, a fun 80s slasher with um, some good characters, actually, that make some really good decisions, surprisingly. And, um, yeah, I mean, 1981, I think uh, Arrow has the Blu-ray out, which is uh, Arrow or, no, Vestron, I don't know, one of those. But uh, if you're a collector, go grab it. Otherwise, you can watch on Amazon Prime for free. Nice. Uh, The next one I watched was uh I'm probably going to butcher this name but it's called uh Bezel Booth and uh this one was pretty interesting uh so I wanted to check it out because it stars Tobin Bell uh stars very loosely I mean he does have a pretty damn good part in it though so it's not like one of those movies where they're like starring this person and they're in it for like 5 minutes uh he's in it for a, a solid 45 minutes of this movie but uh, this movie's pretty interesting uh basically um this it's about this like it's really weird because it it takes place like in like kind of on the mexican border so the movie's like half in spanish and half in english so i i wasn't expecting that i I wasn't expecting to do like a lot of reading um but it's literally like 50 50 split so i thought that was already like pretty interesting while watching it um but basically it's about this detective um the movie opens with like a really with a bang, like a really, really disturbing scene. Um, I won't spoil it too much, 
but I'll just say um, it involves a newborn baby like unit and a nurse that goes crazy. Um, so I uh, the movie opens with a bang and just is super disturbing. Uh, after that, it does kind of go downhill. Um, so the detective after that he um, he goes. I'm sorry, lost my train of thought. <laughs> but uh, basically, uh, Tobin Bell is like this, like, he is seen at all of these, like, events that happen that where tragedy strikes and the detective goes out kind of looking for him and trying to figure out what is going on where all, kind of like, um, what's that movie, like, uh, where, like, uh, maybe that happening, I guess, where, like, people just start go randomly go crazy and just start killing each other and stuff but uh yeah and then from there it like turns into a exorcism type movie towards the end um yeah it the first half of this movie start was really really good and at one point i was like wow this like could maybe make my top five and then the second half of the movie it just goes like way downhill unfortunately and uh yeah so i i'm gonna say skip this one just uh, the runtime's way too long. It clocks in at almost two hours, and it really, you really feel that two hours after a while. So, um, yeah, it's, it's strong start, but really weak finish. So, I'd say skip this one. What is it, bezel bean? Bezel, bezel booth. Bezel booth, huh? Yeah. yeah Shutter was really pushing this one. So it, it was on my list, but uh, yeah, I'm glad you watched it first. Yeah, I mean, there's some decent stuff in there, um, but yeah, I mean, if you don't watch it, uh, you're not you're not missing anything. But I mean, Tobin Bell does have a pretty good part in it, so I mean, if you're a big Tobin Bell fan, maybe check it out. Um, I mean, the intro, the opening scene is worth worth it. Um, you know, just for how kind of fucked up and disturbing it is. Um, all right, so my my next one is one I think you guys uh, had talked about in a previous podcast before I was on. Uh, it's called Les Affamés, uh, a.k.a. Ravenous, which is a zombie film. Um, so it's a French-Canadian film about infected zombies. I think they're, they're more like infected, kind of like 28 Days Later, rather than like George Romero zombies. Uh, it's a very interesting take on the zombie genre. Uh, there's a lot of good tension. The zombies are like... Not smart, but smarter than usual. Like, they actually kind of hunt a little bit, and uh, they stalk. You know, they don't always, like, they're not always walking, and they kind of react to things differently than zombies would. I really like the unpredictability that that uh, gave the infected, because uh, you never really knew what was going to happen next. And it was a really well-made, interesting film, and with a lot of good tension, too. I do have a bit of a uh, concern slash complaint. So I've been watching a lot of foreign films lately, and, you know, obviously I have to read the subtitles because I hate dubbed films. It just, I just can't do it. And I'm half French-Canadian, so I didn't need the subtitles, but they were there. And I would peek at the subtitles every once in a while, and the the subtitles were abysmal. Like, it, if you watched it not knowing French... You're missing a lot of really funny jokes and good plot points because the subtitles are so bad. And it kind of makes me concerned about all the other movies I watch. Like, am I not getting the full experience of things like Train to, uh, uh, to Busan and other movies that I've seen recently in other languages? So 
yeah, that sucks that they have such shitty translations and shitty subtitles. But uh, Ravenous, great film, highly recommend. I wonder if they do that because it's hard for like, for example, Korean comedy to translate to like American audience, you know? So yeah, they, I, I yeah. get it. Like, like with this one, there's some jokes that don't translate well, like from French to English, just like their English expressions that don't translate well to French. But there are like some things where there's like full parts that are missing in the subtitles that I was like, why wouldn't they put that in? That was like a clever line or that explained something that you would have missed in English. I don't know. It's just kind of a weird thing. I'm glad I could, you know, I speak French and I got to enjoy it. But for other things, I'm starting to think, am I missing some stuff? It's just, it's weird. Speaks, speaks in French, Steve. How dare you? I'm half French. My mom's francophone. My dad's anglophone. So I speak both fluently. You need to do the intro next episode just to throw people off. Yeah. Oh, like, Le, I was going to say, the April Fool's episode, Steve would just talk French the whole episode. Was, <laughs> right, like we yeah. understand. Yeah we, yeah. yeah, we pretend. Oh, yeah, see, that's a good yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I had seen Ravenous, but I was talking about the 1999 Guy Pierce one where he's a cannibal. So I've never oh, seen okay. this one. Yeah. Sounds yeah, cool. It's, it's, if you like zombie films, I, I would recommend this one. The show. You mentioned Train to Busan. Now I feel like watching Train to Busan because it's freaking great. Watching this movie made me want to watch Train to Busan again. <laughs> like Train to Busan is going to be on my top of the decade when we do that episode. Oh one yeah, day. absolutely. Uh, yeah. I I, ca- I caught it. We actually I don't even think we were were we recording Todd when that came out. Pretty we sure. You might have missed it by a year. I thought we I, were. I I I was late to the game. I didn't see it, and it easily would have made my like top five of the year. I mean, absolutely. maybe like. It would have been like one, maybe two, like so. Yeah, it, great movie. Uh, my last one, Hocus Pocus, uh, a classic. Um, I think that like the more I watch it, the older I get, the more of the jokes that I didn't notice before. Like uh, the bus driver is just amazing. I love that. Yeah, character. I, ca- I caught that too. Actually, <laughs> yeah. now that you mention it, <laughs> my last watch. <laughs> yeah, when Winifred's like, "We demand children," he's like, "Well, I think it'll take me a couple of tries," but yeah, <laughs> like, like what? <laughs> <laughs> but uh that movie's great man it just like i every time i see it it reminds me of why i love like sarah jessica parker back in the day because i'm like oh my god like she's like every little boy's fucking dream when you saw her um yeah i can't say anything else about it freaking just a great movie all around and i watched creep show if you guys watch that i'm caught up i uh, yeah, i've caught up too so i'm down to talk about it uh, uh what was the last episode i don't know if i watched the last last episode uh, the what was the last episode? I literally just watched it last <laughs> night and I can't Shoot. remember. Um, the last one. The, was... Oh, um, the brothers picking on him, and he goes to the gri- uh, oh, yeah, the, scare- the scarecrow the, and the that's right, the scarecrow the yeah, elevator okay. one. Yeah, okay, I did. I did watch it. Yeah, we talked so, about it. So episode three was the one where the kid ghosts, right? And they yeah, the, uh, trick or treat, the Halloween, I think All Hallows Eve, and then the yeah, man in the briefcase. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really like both those episodes or both those segments. Um, I think they're both solid. Probably a couple of my favorites of the season so far. I didn't like the episode number four though with the uh, elevator. I thought that was pretty lame, and the the one with the scarecrow. I didn't. It didn't really grab me, but I mm-hmm. really liked the briefcase guy. The freaking like evil genie at the end was badass, and then the kid one was really good too. It had some heart in it. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I'm right there with you, uh, Todd. The third episode I thought was really good. Um, I really enjoyed the uh, Halloween episode. I kind of knew where it was going, but not completely. Um, you know, obviously they kept throwing hints out there and whatnot. Kind of gave me like trick or treat vibes a little yeah. bit. Like I feel like that. I feel like that could have been like a trick or treat segment, and like an I would have just been like, yeah, that's from trick or treat. Uh, but yeah, really, really like that one. And uh, yeah, the man in the suitcase was just such like a really cool idea and like a nice new take on like the genie in a bottle uh storyline so yeah i really enjoyed both of those um and then the fourth episode i definitely think was a step back um yeah uh the scarecrow one was fun um but yeah it didn't grab me like some of the other previous stories and the elevated one i was probably the weakest one of the whole season so far i just was not a fan of that one at all i just found it rather dull and boring for the most part and with a pretty generic payoff yeah plus that one i was like the entire plot she could have gotten away with it so easy like sure because like she had just uh you know not fired her but gave the promotion to the other guy and he saw she was all pissed off she like she attacked me blah, blah blah but she wanted to go through all these like crazy steps right but um it's probably my least favorite episode so far was number four agreed me too. Although the one thing I did like about episode four was in the um, the first story, the kind of the one where they they explained how he made the uh, scarecrow. I thought that was really interesting, and I kind of wished the whole episode was about yeah. that guy making the scarecrow and like what went into it and all that stuff. I thought the flashback was better than the actual like kind of now storyline. Uh, yeah, and the elevator is terrible, and I loved episode three. It was a really cool story. So, yeah, I mean, most of the episodes are good. So. This season, yeah, two, totally. two episodes left, I think. Um, Only two left, yeah, really? Wow. Uh, yeah, I think it ends next week during uh, Halloween. I think Halloween night's the last one for this season. And so. you said Joe Hill directed? Uh, no, one? he wrote the last one. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, Stephen King wrote the very first ep- the very first segment of the first episode, and Joe Hill wrote the last segment of the last episode. Nice. According to Joe Hill, so... All right, sweet. Uh, what do I get left here? Uh, American Horror Story. I'm still, tr- you know, trying to watch that. Um, I'm just like, at this point, I'm just watching it to watch it. Um, the season's really taken a just complete, like, downward spiral. Um, uh, the first episode was so good, and then, yeah, ever since, it's just kind of been like, whatever. It's been exactly what every other season of American Horror Story's been like. Um... This episode was like okay. It uh, the way it ended, it kind of leaves it like it almost felt like a season finale in a way, um, and we're not even halfway through, or probably about halfway through the season. So I'll be interested to see, I guess, like what happens now because the first five episodes all happened in that one night, and now the that night finally ended, and we are now at sunrise and. You know, some stuff happened, so um, I guess I'm interested. I'm interested enough to keep going, but, I mean, like, I'm not... It's not, like, one, like, I'm excited to put on every week, like, when it comes on. So, yeah, we'll see what happens, but I don't... Next season, I mean, I, this might be my last season watching it, American Horror Story. Yeah, uh, what a shocker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I've actually two more. So I watched a lot of stuff this week. Uh, the first one I won't talk too much about because I think both of you have talked about it in what watches in the past. Uh, and it's because of you guys talking about it that I watched it. I watched Tourist Trap, 
which is a film about a group of people who run across like a wax museum in a like in a weird desert town. Uh, this movie is super weird, but I really enjoyed it. It was just I didn't know what to expect minute to minute. I did see the plot twist coming a mile away though, but it didn't diminish my uh, my enjoyment of this film at all. So I appreciate creep- you guys. It's got some creepy music too. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, it does. And it, you were saying something like, "Was it if you buy the DVD or the Blu-ray or something, they don't have the right music?" Yeah, the, I forget if it's if it's that, but the Blu-ray is is incorrect from like the original. So like the DVD is like the way to go. Yeah, that's super weird. But yeah, great great movie. And the other one I want to talk about because I'm curious if you guys watch movies like this. So uh, when I go to Disney World every year, I go to a restaurant called the Sci-Fi Dine-In Theater, which is. Uh, you go into this place and it makes it look like you're outside at night and you, you like sit in cars, that's your table and you watch like a screen as if you're at a, um, like a, an outdoor theater and they show like kind of commercials as if it's, uh, like between two movies, all the like advertisements and stuff. And they show trailers for like old, old horror films or like sci-fi horror films. And one of them that they showed is called the amazing colossal man. And every single year, I tell myself, I need to watch this movie. Because I, I don't know, and that's what I'm curious about, what you guys think. Do you guys like kind of 1950s, like, black and white horror films, other than the Universal Monsters? Uh, um, I, I'll admit I don't watch a lot of them, but it's not because I don't, like, like them. It's just, like, I usually tend to go more to, like, the newer stuff than I do, like, the real old stuff like that. The hell is that? That's one of the dogs. <laughs> That's fucking ghost. I was about to be like, is anyone uh, else yeah, hearing I this? That was Todd's ghost. <laughs> I, should, I, I should have been like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's, it's coming from your attic, Todd. Shut up. <laughs> uh, um, uh, no, I, I like them a lot. I don't seek them out, though, but when they're on the TV, um, I'll throw them on. Those are always like a good, fun, cheesy. Um, it's, it's fun to think about like the audience back then watching them too. You know how they're probably like blown away. Yeah, yeah they're actually so really, they're actually pretty well made when you think about like how old these movies are. Uh, I mean, today today's standards obviously it's crap, but uh, they're still surprisingly like things that they did back then was pretty good. And in this one, the missing colossal man. So it's about a guy who uh, gets exposed to like a bomb, radiation bomb and then he's like about to die but he doesn't and he heals super fast but then he starts growing five to eight feet a day and he gets like really really big but his heart isn't growing as big as his body so he's kind of becoming kind of meaner and more like an animal and then he escapes and there's all this stuff happens so it's cool to see kind of the effects of him as like a 60 foot giant attacking las vegas and stuff and uh, i'm super happy i saw it i actually didn't know there was a sequel till today so i'm gonna check that out and the reason i like movies like this is they remind me of my childhood i'd, I'd go to the basement and watch like these old like kind of 50s black and white films that they'd play f- on one of the channels here and uh it just brings me back to that time when i watch these so super dig it and this one's actually pretty good if you guys well if people like this kind of stuff i watched it on youtube that's probably the best place to watch them uh, yeah 
Uh, I got one last one. Uh, I just wanted to talk on Are You Afraid of the Dark? Episode 2. Um, just as good as Episode 1. Uh, it was a great second episode. Um, I would highly recommend, though, if you haven't started yet, wait for the third episode to drop and then watch all three together because it's essentially going to be one just movie. Like they, they basically just took a movie and turned it into three short episodes probably because kids attention spans nowadays just probably they wouldn't sit through the whole movie but uh yeah really really good so far uh second episode i'm I'm excited to see the conclusion which i think is coming out this friday so yeah did you have one more steve no that uh, that was a two tourist trap and it means in colossal man so cool do you have any more i do not nope we're gonna horror news horror news folks um, I guess we'll start right with this for horror news since we were talking Creep Show. Um, Creep Show has been breaking, not just breaking, shattering records on Shudder. Um, I don't really think that's a surprise. I think just because it's, you know, horror fans love Creep Show. So, uh, but just to, you know, go over the numbers here, I mean, obviously, I think a season two is definitely going to happen after the success here. But, uh, all right. So, here are some uh, numbers just to show you guys. Uh, since since Creepshow premiered on uh, September 26th, 54% of all members of Shudder's platform have viewed an episode of the series. Uh, episode 1 had more minutes streamed in its opening weekend than any title in Shudder's history, nearly equal to the number 2, number 3, and number 4 titles combined. Uh, the first week of Creepshow also set a record for total minutes streamed on the service, a record that has since been broken in each of the next three weeks um, since with the new episodes. Um, also, the series is bringing in record numbers uh, for new Shutter members. So far, since um, it has premiered, uh, the... Uh, acquisition of members has more than tripled um so yeah i mean just pulling in huge huge numbers so um that is awesome that's good news yeah absolutely uh all right next bit of news here is for you guys wanting to see uh dr sleep you'll be able to see it early nine days before for its actual release fandango will be bringing dr sleep to 400 theaters on Halloween Eve. Um, so you can go to uh, Fandango.com and see if it is going to be playing at a theater near you. Um, so Otherwise, you'll have to wait till November 8th, but if you want, you can make it out to the theaters on October 30th for a special um, little sneak peek of Dr. Sleep there. Uh, did you check? Did either of you guys check to see what's playing near you? I'm looking right now. Uh, all right. <laughs> it's not, sadly. Uh, bummer. I haven't checked myself, but uh, I don't think I'll be, even be able to make it on the 30th anyway. But, all right, next bit of news here is... Yeah, boy. Yeah, playing here. It's at my theater I go to, too, so that's perfect. Awesome. The show. Nice. Oh, also, I don't know if you guys know, but uh, the Lighthouse is um, opening nationwide this weekend. So, yeah, go and see nice. it. I'm sure we'll be covering on the show. Um, all right, who wants to get... Who wants to shit their pants for Halloween season? Ooh. <laughs> because, Who doesn't? <laughs> because Burger King has just announced that 
Um, they have just announced for ho- the Halloween season the Ghost Whopper. So, of uh. course, uh, a few a few uh, years ago, uh, they did, of course, their Black Whopper that had the black buns that was turning people's shit neon green. Do you remember that story? I didn't remember yep. the neon green shit. Do you remember green ketchup? I do remember green ketchup, yeah. And I, can you still buy green ketchup? I haven't seen it. Maybe. No? Okay. I remember I remember it as a kid though, yeah, for sure. Was that a thing in Canada, Steve? Did you guys have that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh Bur- they Burger King has announced that um the Ghost Whopper um will be coming. It is going to be is gonna come on a cheddar cheese flavored bun um with ghost peppers in it. Uh so you'll be able to get. Unfortunately, it's only going to be at select restaurants in the uh, only ten different cities. So if you live in Detroit, Memphis, Philadelphia, Phoenix, San Antonio, San Diego, San Francisco, Savannah, uh, or New Orleans or Somerville, you will be able to try out this Ghost Whopper that will be coming uh, with this week. Actually, um, the week leading up to Halloween. So if you want to. Uh, you know, feel if you want to have the shits and probably a little diarrhea, go and try that Ghost Whopper from Burger King. I I'm mean, that's on that one. That's probably that's a horror story in and of itself. Yeah. Do, um, do you know why they call it the Ghost Whopper? Ah, uh, because there's ghost peppers in it. No, it's because they're only ghosts that go to Burger King. Yo, <laughs> there's like the Burger King near my house. I don't think I've ever seen anyone in there ever. <laughs> like it's yeah, no. I actually, Burger King's probably my favorite. Um, really? Great. Yeah, I don't know. I really like their fries, and most people hate their fries, but I like them. Com- compared to what? Like, what What bad restaurants are the other two? Oh, like McDonald's or Wendy's. Like, oh, if okay. I'm, I, I'm, See, I'm I don't like Wendy's. No? I know, I'm not a fan of Wendy's. I'll, I'll take McDonald's over. I don't know, because I think the problem I have with Burger King is their service, no matter where you go, always sucks. And you're like, they always miss something. So, I don't know. All right. All right well, Do you I guys have Harvey's? We don't. Arby's? I don't. Oh, okay. Well, Har- Harvey's? Oh, Harvey's? No. Like, yeah, no, okay. That's, they have great burgers, but I guess it's just a chain here. We don't have Tim Hortons either. No, you do, actually. Yeah, it's, it's starting oh, to... Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> you ever see Canadian bacon uh, where they're showing, like, the maple slowly, like, dripping down into the United States? That, that's <laughs> yeah. Tim Hortons. That, that's the <laughs> <Okay>. real life. <laughs> Vernon and I, it's, it's, like, slowly making its way, creeping into the U.S., Okay. Yeah, but here you can't go five minutes without hitting one. If you ever go to Canada, there's Tim Hortons. Like literally on my street alone, like my cross street, there's four. Nice. It's it's, it's, it's a big thing here. <laughs> All right. Well, I know Steve will be excited for this one. Uh, Stephen King's iconic house in Maine is being officially turned into um, the Stephen King Archive and Writers Retreat Museum. Um, so, uh, uh, Rolling Stone reported this, uh, Stephen King and Tabitha King, uh, they applied to rezone the home in hopes of turning it into a nonprofit archive and writer retreat and the Bangor city council unanimously approved this request. How it will work is that the house will become a King archive for researchers and scholars with appointments required and up to five writers at a time. We will be able to use it as a retreat. Um, no other news, uh, but they said um, they hope to have it up 
within the next year or two. So, um, yeah, pretty awesome. So you'll be able to go and uh, visit the Stephen King's iconic house there up in Maine. Does it come with cocaine? Uh, ooh, maybe for the just the writer's retreat part. Ah, uh, I see. That would be my guess. Um, but, yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool he's doing that for sure. Um, all right. Uh, you guys want to do a trailer? Did you guys, did you guys watch the trailers we were doing tonight? Yeah, I did. I did. Okay. Awesome. All right. All right, let's talk about the one uh, Todd sent. I, I don't have it up. What was it called, Todd? I see you. I see you. Yeah, All let right. Me, let me pull it up real quick on IMDb so I can uh, give some facts. All right. I see you. I see you. Uh, Helen Hunt. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Yeah. She stars in it. And it's about a, I guess it's like a small town where like kids keep going missing. Um, and this detective is trying to figure it out. And the... Um, the trailer gave me some kind of like um, seven, but not as dirty vibes, you know, not as like grimy or whatever. Right. And, uh, I was, yeah, I was very interested in it. So I'll definitely wait to see more of it before, like if I commit to go see it in theater or not, but uh, definitely intrigued. I totally agree. I think it looks really, really good actually. Um, based on that trailer, uh, super interesting. I, can't, I I like how they always like, you know, it was like, you'll never see the twist coming and, like, all that stuff. And I'm always, like, whenever I see that, it, like, actually pulls me in more because yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Yep. <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> even though it's, like, a cheap marketing ploy, but I'm like, oh, all right, yeah, I'm, I'm down for this now. Um, but, yeah, it looks really cool. And, uh, yeah, that's one of, it's one I'm definitely excited for now and uh, probably one we'll, we should probably cover because it looks pretty, like, it'd be a good one to cover. So I'm down. Yeah, I agree. I think it looks good, um, and I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, Helen Hunt, we haven't seen that in a while. Yeah, what happened to her? I, don't know, I know she like almost she got into a really bad car accident or a car flip like last oh, week. Yeah, That's yeah. all. But other than that, I hadn't heard about her in like years. I, I thought, wasn't her show supposed to come back? Mad about you? Like that oh, was one of the shows that was going to get a with, reboot or with something. Fucking with Paul Reiser with Burke. <laughs> yeah, Burke. son of a bitch from Aliens. <laughs> yeah. So. That's they, the last I heard. They're doing yeah. all the freaking shows coming back. It's kind of annoying, man. <laughs> it, it's a thing. Yeah, it's definitely a thing. <laughs> Although, I would definitely highly support The Office coming back. So let's make, let's I just make want them to come back. Apparently, they just want to do like a kind of where are they now documentary, like faux documentary. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Like a little like a miniseries kind of thing. Yeah, because I know that their podcast there has really uh, kind of brought eyes back to it uh, and uh, the, with Netflix and everything. Yeah, so... I'll be down. Nice. Uh, are you guys excited for a Maniac Maniac Cop TV show? Yes. Where's <laughs> that right. going to be well, at? Well, it's happening. HBO has just um, greenlit a Maniac Cop television shows with um, Nicholas Winding Refn and John Hyams. Um, going to be developing the series. Um, best known, both best known for Drive. And Universal Soldier Soldier Day of Reckoning. Um, Okay, Hayam said, uh, I've always been uh, a devoted fan of the series. Uh, We've been talking about a reimagining of the Maniac Cop films for a number of years. But as we continue to work on the material, we found ourselves wanting to explore the world we were creating in greater depth. Turning Maniac Cop into a series will allow us to realize our wildest ambition and to reach an enormous audience through partners HBO and Canal+. This show will be an unadulterated, action-packed horror odyssey 
Given the current state of the world, though, Maniac Cop will also be a strong commentary on the decline of civilization. Um, no other news other than that about when it, we may see it, but yeah, it looks like uh, 100% greenlit HBO Maniac Cop TV series is happening. I wonder who asked for that, to be honest. That's a random I know, right? It is a random uh, series. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised HBO greenlit it, honestly. Yeah. Like, who's, who's asking for it? But hey, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, me too. Hopefully get a little Bruce Camp, like cameo or something. Yeah, totally. All right. Uh, next bit of news here. Sam Raimi is coming back to direct a horror movie. Um, not much um, details as far as that, but uh, he will be um, directing an untitled horror film for Columbia Pictures that was written by um, the Freddy vs. Jason and Friday the 13th remake writers Jamie and Shannon and Mark Swift. Um, plot details are currently under wrapped, under wraps, but the film is being described as Misery meets Castaway. Well, I'm bummed it's not Evil Dead 4, like he said again, but... <laughs> of course, yeah. But it'll be cool. Uh, when was the last horror movie he did? Like, direct, in probably the director's that, uh, that Drag Me to Hell? Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. All right. Well, yeah, excited to see Raimi back doing a horror movie. Misery meets Castaway. That sounds pretty interesting, so I'm all for That's it. That's a random mix. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Is it uh, is someone going to torture a volleyball? Is that what it's going to be? <laughs> they, they found Wilson years later. and it's Someone's going to like... fuck the volleyball. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Um... I, have some, I have some deep problems with Castaway, but that's a different show. Oh, I want to hear it. Let's hear it. All right. You sure? <laughs> Yes. So, so the guy's gone for four years, right? Something, yes. something. Okay, it's mm-hmm. something small like that. So he was madly in love with his wife. Helen Hunt. Wow, yes, it's coming full circle. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he was madly in love with her, like crazy in love. They wanted to sell that, right? He's gone for four years. When he gets back, she already has a fucking kid. So that means she fell in love with some other dude, got married, had a kid, waited two years for that kid to grow up to be like of you know older. So, like, what were, when was her mourning period? This, like, what how happened old with that? Was, how old was the kid? Does it matter? Well, like, if it's, like, two years later, I mean, that. But, I mean... But the dude's not... I mean, he's... Like, at some point, you do have to move on. Like, I feel like a year, maybe, is, like, a good mourning period. But then after that, like, you're like, okay, well, like, he's dead. Like, maybe I should just... Take this like, dick? <laughs> try... Well, like, you Nine months? Like... I'm not saying she like just like the year ended and she and she just jumped on a dick right away, but you know she might have uh, started dating and whatnot. I, I think it was his freaking dentist too, or something like that. Gosh, uh, man, dirty. It's, it's been it's been a while, but Ouch. <laughs> yeah, not enough time went by for me to believe that whole she moved on and had a kid thing. Should have been like okay. ten years or something. All right, all right. Well, if uh. Anyone else has a thought on that? <laughs> you can write in. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, next bit of news is Robert Eggers, of course, The Witch and The Lighthouse, which just came out, has announced that uh, his next film will be a Viking revenge film called The Northmen. Um, currently in talks to star are Nicole Kidman, Alexander Skarsgård, Anya Taylor-Joy, Bill Skarsgård, and Willem Dafoe. Um, the pick is described as a Viking revenge saga set in Iceland at the turn of the 10th, 10th century. Uh, Eggers has penned the screenplay 
with Icelandic poet and novelist Sion. Um, and that's all we have on that. But yeah, that sounds cool. Hell yeah, for sure. Kind of like a headhunter, maybe like style yeah. thing or something. So yeah, I'm all for that. Sounds really cool. Um, he's also um, in talks to do. It was talked actually right after the witch of him to remake Nosferatu. But uh, he keeps going back to it. So I think more sooner rather than later, we are going to see a Nosferatu movie from Eggers as well, which I think he's like the perfect director to do that. I really hope The uh, Lighthouse is good. Me too. <laughs> I'm really excited for it. Um, but uh, I think we'll leave it at that. Um, I have a couple more, but we'll leave it at that for tonight. And uh, yeah. That is it for horror news. Um, uh, I do have one uh, that I want to talk about. A little bit of a rant of something right. I saw uh, this week, just with Halloween coming up and stuff. So the town of Chesapeake, Virginia, has instituted new laws uh, that come into effect this year concerning Halloween, and they are as follows. Trick-or-treaters over 12 years old. If you trick-or-treat and you're over 12 years old, it will be counted as a misdemeanor. You could be fined $25 to $100 and or jail up to six months for trick-or-treating over the age of 12 in this town. And trick-or-treating after 8 p.m. will also count as a misdemeanor, fine $10 to $100 and or jail up to 30 days. Now, when they say that, so if, if, it, if this is two separate rules... Does that mean, because if you're already 12, they automatically get a misdemeanor. So going over 8 p.m., does that mean everyone? So are they charging six-year-olds at 8 p.m. for going, like, what is this ridiculous-ass law? And, uh, I don't know. I, I want to know what you guys feel about this ridiculous. It's, it's a giant waste of police time. I mean, I, right? doubt, I doubt cops will even enforce that, to be honest with you. Unless they have, like, a background. Like, maybe they have, like, really bad, like, um... I guess pranks like maybe they've had destruction of property or something like in the past where they have to they feel they have to enforce it but other than that that's just some fucking weird shit right there yeah I mean it's it's insane like you know uh, I, I don't know how they can enforce it like you know but hey fuck them fuck you Chesapeake if you live there go fuck yourself <laughs> our <laughs> one <laughs> listener is like damn it <laughs> <laughs> even if you don't agree yeah. fuck you <laughs> I, I could just see you in the future going to the border it's like we can't let you in because you did hard time for trick-or-treating over 12 years old in Chesapeake unbelievable imagine yeah, having stuff. a record because of that that's nuts right <laughs> exactly <Yeah. It's>, uh, <laughs> so what'd you do what, what'd you in for <laughs> trick-or-treated <laughs> Snickers bars man yeah, it's fucking. Uh, you ever you ever seen uh, the uh, Family Guy with the Cookie Monster and he like has the spoon and like he's like uh-uh. he's light he's lighting up the cookie dough. <laughs> it's like that's <laughs> that's what. That, and then he like injects it in his fucking uh, his arm. That's like what they're do- that's what the trick or treaters are doing in prison. I I, I want to see the cops version of this. Yeah. Like, with with a, like a ten year old like what you got there? That's oh the, this candy bar it's not mine I swear right. it's in your bag oh no no I think my friend put it in there yeah. I swear to God he's all dressed as yeah. like a little deputy oh you're an <laughs> officer now <laughs> right 
<laughs> yeah, the cop puts a candy bar in front of him. Oh, that was yours. <laughs> We're arresting you. <laughs> I can see that on like Reno 911 as a spoof. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, I thought it was fake when I first saw it. So it's just, yeah, it's it's insane. It, it might be. I don't know. You know what news it is, but uh, I, I thought it was worth mentioning because if this is real, I think it is. It's. Really I think ridiculous. it is. Yeah, it yeah. is super ridiculous. Three from hell. Three from hell. Two from hell. Yeah. All right. Here's the uh, IMDb synopsis. So, hold on to your butts. This is a long one. Okay. Sequel to The Devil's Rejects. <laughs> that, that, that's yeah. all they have. When I read that yesterday, I I laughed so hard. I'm like, I, that, that's that's really accurate to this film, though. That's yeah, it's true, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, that but, feels like what the effort of this movie was too. I, that that I plot agree. synopsis. Rob Zombie probably wrote that with his nonchalant attitude towards everything. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, the Fireflies are in jail. Uh, they miraculously survived headshots with uh, high power rifles. A mil- one in a million chance. They <laughs> yeah, they, they... One in a million and three of them survived one in a million shot. <laughs> yeah, they got shot 20 times each, too. That was pretty specific of them to say. Um, <laughs> so they're in comas and shit. They are in jail. Um and then naturally they break out, and the plot follows uh, Bill Mosley, uh, Otis Trefoid, his brother, who, uh, what's his fucking name, the Wolfman or something, Midnight Wolfman. Uh, Richard Brake is the actor's name, and uh, yeah, the wolf. I just I just call him the Wolfman, Wolfman. I guess. So his brother breaks him out, and then Otis and the brother break out Baby Firefly with the help of the warden, who they fucking you know, captures wife and shit and say, you did not do this or she's dead, which of course they kill him anyway. Um, and then the rest of the movie is just them on the run, um, from the law as well as some mariachis or not mariachis, some masked Mexican wrestlers. Um, which I'm not making this up. <laughs> this is true, true stuff. <laughs> Luchadores. There you go. Yeah. Um, uh, and what do you guys think? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I'll preface it by saying I really liked House of a Thousand Corpses and The Devil's Rejects, so I was really excited for this one. Even though, like, I've been pretty split on Rob Zombie as a whole, I was like, okay, well, he's going back to what his best movies were, um, with this, so I went, I went opening night, I was really excited, I got my poster, I was like, alright, let's watch this, I'm pumped. Um, and then it started, and, uh fucking spalding dead within 10 seconds of the movie um which obviously now it like makes sense obviously because we you know rest in peace sid um we learned he was pretty sick so unfortunately he couldn't do the movie um but man i was just really disappointed in this movie uh you know i i didn't think it was terrible but it was certainly the weakest of the three of this trilogy um, at the end of the day, I just say to myself, like, what was the point of making this movie? Uh, it's just like, there wasn't one. I mean, nothing new. I, they kind of ruined the ending to The Devil's Rejects, which was, I, in my opinion, a, a perfect way to end, you know, that chapter with the, with the fireflies. Yeah. yeah, and just they, with this movie, they... You're like, everyone's wondering, how the fuck are they going to bring him back? Like, oh, people are like, Dr. Satan, like, he's going to bring them back and, like, from the dead, and they're going to be like, the three from hell, like, they, they came back from hell. No, they just simply survived fucking being shot 20 times each. 
um, you know, and say, oh, they survived a one in a million shot. So, like, right away, you're like, really? Like, okay, like, it's so lazy. Um, and, uh, yeah, just I was really disappointed, and I'll save the rest of my thoughts for after you guys. You better believe those cops, after they shot him up, would not give them first aid. Yeah. <laughs> they would have been bled out, like, a long time ago. Yeah. I think yeah, they got shot. They got shot uh, in the yeah. head. Shit. <laughs> yeah, they showed him getting shot in the head in Devil's Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a bunch of notes that I'm going to talk about after everyone gives kind of their overall thoughts. But same thing as Joe. I thought this movie is completely pointless. There's really no reason to make this. It didn't bring the story anywhere. It didn't really have much of a plot. I mean, as you saw on the IMDb, there is no plot. It's just basically a sequel <laughs> to Devil's Rejects. Uh, I didn't like this film really very much. I mean, it had some entertaining parts, and I'll talk about those a little bit later, but uh, overall, yeah, I was not impressed with this at all. Yeah, I'm right there with you guys. Just unneeded, unwarranted, tarnishes Devil's Rejects ending, because just like Halloween H2O, the ending doesn't exist anymore. Um, yeah, I think that once Sid wasn't allowed, or wasn't able, well, actually, no, wasn't allowed to play the character anymore by the studio, they should have just scrapped it and done something else. Cause he's such an iconic character, um, especially to that universe, obviously. And I think you mentioned it, Joe, his, um, brother just seemed like a carbon copy of, um, Otis. Otis. Like, yeah. yeah. It's like the same character. And I guess Sid would have had that character just with, you know, with Sid or with Captain Spaulding's tendencies and stuff. But I just don't know what the film wanted to be, to be honest. It didn't feel like a horror movie to me. It just felt like, I don't know. Just it didn't sit right at all. It was just a right. strange kind of ride. I don't know. Yeah, it like started as like a horror movie, but then once we went to Mexico, I, I think that that's when the movie really went downhill. Like once we got to Mexico, um, it just turned into like an action shootout movie at that point. And uh, yeah, it was, it was really weird. Like the movie was just really all over the map. And then like the big issues I had too was like it was like the same rehash shit like that scene where they're in the house it's like almost a carbon copy of when they were in the hotel room in the devil's rejects like it's super similar almost the same thing um you know right down to the women running out i mean she's not wearing a face this time but she's like running out and it, it just was pretty much the same and yeah, it was like beat for beat it was weird yeah yeah it was really just weak lazy and yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I say, what, what was the point? And there there was no point. I, I don't know why he decided to come back and make this. Um, you know, he said, I, on opening night, there was like a little featurette with him, and he said that he couldn't get the characters out of his head, and that's so he, like, started writing and, you know, and it kept getting delayed and stuff like that. But I think that, you know, I, I would be interested to see this movie with Sid in it because I, I think maybe it, it might have been a better movie. It's just... Like you said, Otis and the the Wolfman are just way too similar of characters that, you know, there's no dynamic there like with Sid and Captain Spaulding. He brought the comedy in, whereas, you know, these two guys are like the same. And then you just got Baby who, holy shit, we haven't even gotten into Baby yet. But my God, she is at an all-time worse in this movie. Like, she is so fucking bad in this. Like, her acting, just, she took it up a notch like i know she was trying to go like for like extra crazy but oh man she came off just like awful just like terribly annoying and just seemed really terribly acted by her what did uh what did otis say she changed man yeah but um 
Yeah, I honestly I thought Sherry didn't do a terrible job um, mm-hmm. because her acting kind of played towards what they wanted. Yeah, but some of the lines, man, like when she says "kill him, kill him all," I'm like, <laughs> yeah. why do you have to say it like that? Why do you have to do this? And I what's know. with the, what's with the fucking headdress? Like in the oh, bow and God. Like, that was so right, yeah. stupid. <laughs> it made no sense. Like, why is she wearing a headdress? We're in Mexico. Like, I don't, so I don't she, get it. <laughs> she was, she was perfect in House of Thousand Corpses, man. Yeah, like, perfect. I don't know how yeah. it got mm-hmm. tainted between Rejects, this Thirty One. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know, man. I yeah. really, I can't like pinpoint where she went wrong. But sheesh. Well, let's hear some yeah, positives. I know Steve said he's got some positives. Yeah, what are your, what no, are your I didn't say about, positive. I said I, I, I said I talked <laughs> points on positives. Uh, uh, the first one, I, first thing I want to know is who the fuck is their plastic surgeon? They didn't look like they got <laughs> shot ever. Seriously, like, all, you see them without shirts. You see them like open. There's zero uh, like wounds on them from that shooting. So mm-hmm. it's weird. Like I don't know that that kind of took me out did they put their yeah. brains back in their head too like <laughs> right yeah. yeah i mean it's simply just lazy writing he would have been better off like that would have been a cool plot point like that the fan theory of dr satan bringing them back to life like yeah i, I would have went with that i would have been like that's cool like instead just oh they simply just survived getting shot like fucking 30 times each like just dumb and then spalding gets lethal injection and you're like yeah He's literally in the movie for one scene, like ten seconds, and boom, it, he's dead. You know, it, and no, it really like, it, honestly, like it shell shocked me because like I was really expecting Spalding to be in the movie like a decent amount. Yeah. This was obviously before we found out he was like really sick and and whatnot. Um, but just like when he like died right away, I was like, oh shit! Like I kind of knew that this new guy was like going to be like a big part of the movie, but like I thought Sid was gonna be like in it for at least half of the movie. Um, and it really was disappointing. Yeah, when, when Rob knew he couldn't get him, he should have made the scene that he could shoot um, Spalding's death. Like, that would have been more acceptable yeah. than he's talking to a reporter and then he dies off screen. Like, oh, fuck. Like, right. Yeah, I mean, because it's kind of like a, a disservice to Sid, like, in his character. Um, like, it's, I mean, the whole movie is just like, it's a bummer, man, because, like, it really does, like, just tarnish... Uh, I mean, obviously, The Devil's Rejects is always going to be there, but just, like, this movie tarnishes that movie. I mean, you could just pretend, like, this movie doesn't exist, which you probably should um, yeah. to make to make it, uh, you know, better. Just consider it a two-part movie and skip this one. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the, the title, too, bugs me. Like you said, they should have done something with Dr. Satan because it just makes sense. Yeah. But then the only reason they're called that is because, like, I think a reporter said that. Like, the right. trio's dubbed the three from hell. They survived, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's it? Dude, like you said, there's no connection to anything. It's like, mm-hmm. fuck. All right, Steve, sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's all good. Uh, another question I have is, how'd they get to Mexico? It's not that fucking easy to get to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe God. in the 70s yeah. it was, right? I don't know. They Yeah, they never kind of show, like, how they got over the border, right? No, they're just like, oh, let's go to Mexico. I'm like, okay, we're going to get a whole sequence of them trying to get to the border and, like, kidnapping and cop or something. And, nope, it's just like, they're in Mexico. I was like, oh, okay. I guess. It's kind of like From Dust Till Dawn. Great border scene there. Yeah, no, you know, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, actually, I, I thought that the dialogue, and he's, I see this in a few films, it's like he's trying to write, like, Tarantino a little bit, like, bring back, like, pop culture references and, 
making look like crazy people have normal lives and they still watch movies and stuff. But it didn't work in this. It just the dialogue I thought was so poor. I think Todd had touched on that. That's something that just kind of bugged me throughout the whole film. That's what bugged me in Devil's Rejects when he started doing like Elvis. Like, don't you dare talk about Elvis something present. Yeah, like, yeah. Shut up. Right. Um, I do actually have a positive about this movie, and it's not just because we're interviewing her uh, after this review, but uh, I thought Dee Wallace's character was actually really good in this, and she was like one of the highlights of the movie. Yeah. Underused, in my opinion. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. I really liked her, and I really liked um, the. I thought the warden was pretty good in it too. I mean, he was like a little over the top here and there, but um, I thought he was like a pretty good and interesting character too. I did too, and then he did a bunch of cocaine. I was like, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's just rock yeah. The in, stuff in prison in. was like oh, really, was yeah. The stuff in prison was probably my some of my favorite stuff in the movie. I here's yeah. what I thought was going to happen. I thought what Joe said with them being resurrected. And I thought they were going to take over the prison, and that's it would never leave there. And I would have been like thrilled. Yeah, we're not thrilled, but you know, down with that more than the fucking weird Mexico thing. Yeah, the me- like the Mexico thing, I hated it. Like once they got to Mexico, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, and then you got like what, what happens? Like the cartel comes like after. It was them? like the fucking like, brother of uh, Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo's yeah. brother, yeah. Yeah. which didn't make any damn sense. Yeah. And yeah, and then it just isn't a horror movie anymore. We, it turns into a full-fledged action shootout movie, which is like w- weird. The movie didn't know what it wanted to be. Yeah, it turns into Way of the Gun at the end. If you guys ever saw that, yeah. yeah was that the only positive you had, John? Um, like yeah, the her the D was good. Uh, the warden was good. Um. I mean, just some, like, good performances, but, yeah, other than that, no, I, I don't have much else positive. Should I get to uh, some questions from our... Sure. From viewers? Yeah. Oh, well, actually, I do, I do want to... Well, what did you guys think of the whole cat thing? Cat thing. Oh, <laughs> my God. My wife My wife walked into that scene. She's like, what the fuck are you watching? <laughs> so yeah. bad. It's like what the fuck? Like I understood what he was like trying to do or what he was trying to go for, but I was like, this is just like Rob being Rob. Like it reminded me of like the shit he would he did in Lords of Salem, like that I hated. Yeah, he lifted like direct quotes from Manson too. Yeah, like uh, like time is just a thing. You can't live in the past. Like I was like, holy shit, he like wrote it down word for word. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They did that in uh, House of a Thousand Corpses too, like during the weird like scene like the oh, whole movie yeah. scene when there was like a lot of Manson quotes in that too but alright let's get into so questions to... yeah alright uh, the first one's from Aaron uh, Horos are sturdy he says can't wait to see you guys in December it's gonna be great on that note do you think this movie should have been made I think we pretty much all agree yeah. no. No, no no point <laughs> no I agree in, in fact yeah I think it like you guys said it tarnishes the series a little bit I mean, I'm still going to go and enjoy House of Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects, but when I see the end of Devil's Rejects, I'm yeah, it's not the same this, anymore. Right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it, yeah, completely. Like, like I said, like that was like the perfect ending. And then the only way this would have been good is if them not just simply surviving. Like, it just doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, if you watch that shootout scene, there's no fucking way they're surviving that. And that's just it's just lazy writing saying, oh, they just mirac- miraculously survived. Yeah. All right. Uh, the next one comes from Chase. I'm a fan of zombie film, but this one just seems late, uh, late to the party. 
the characters seem different, which they did from uh, Corpses to Rejects as well. But this one just didn't feel like it was part of the same universe to me uh, as the films before it. This one felt more like an action film to me. Thoughts? Uh, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> totally agreed. Yeah, and I think that plays into what we were saying that uh, it would have been more horror if they had gone the Dr. Satan route and everything and their resurrection as opposed to this being yeah. more like a... Yeah, maybe he wasn't... Maybe he didn't want to make a horror movie. Like, he was wanting to do, like... Uh, like a western action shootout thing which is basically what this movie became yeah just don't take a horror franchise and do that you know right a unique one it's a... all right uh rise horror corner asked who is your favorite character in the movie i really liked richard blake in my opinion he was the sadistic more sadistic than mosley in it uh i mean he was probably was a little more sadistic than mosley but he certainly i just like I said, he was too similar to Otis. They were basically like the same character, so I just thought it it wasn't it just didn't make sense for like the three of them to come together like that. It was just too much like of the same. Um I also forgot to mention, um did you guys think this movie was kinda tame compared to like Devil's Rejects and yeah. House? Yeah. Like yeah, I was ex- yeah. I, like especially like since it was like a limited release thing, like you know, he wasn't putting it in theaters. It was basically like unrated, and I was like, "It." I was like, "Man, uh, Devil's Rejects was way more like brutal and disturbing than this one. Like, it was just really tame, which surprised me from a zombie movie." Yeah, uh, who's your favorite character, Todd? I don't know. It's hard because, like, I I think uh, the first email said the characters are just so different. Um, I, I I really can't pick one. I want to say Spalding, but I mean, just because I love that character, but he's yeah. really in it. So I guess I'd go just like Otis by default. Yeah. Um, and then for side characters, I'd probably go uh, D's character there, the warden. What about Poncho? D's character and the warden? Poncho's okay. Like I, I he wasn't he bad was just, in it. He was he wasn't bad in it. No, but he was just kind of there. Like he he wasn't bad, but he wasn't great either. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm the same. I mean, just because I love Captain Spaulding so much, even you know that one minute he was in, I was like, oh, I love. I just love seeing him on screen as that character. So probably my favorite, which is sad when <laughs> that's like my favorite character is the guy that's a one, right? And more because of his other films in this one. So anyway, uh, your geeky neighbor asked. I liked the movie. There was a few areas that needed a bit more time explaining, like baby prison escape stuff. It was like maybe a six point five for me. Worth a watch for sure. The DVD is rated R. Blu-ray is unrated. It's the version I watched. I have no idea what the differences are. Uh, and he also asked, the film was left open-ended. Do you think Rob Zombie will make another one in the Devil Reject world? Probably. Yeah, it's good. Probably. Pro- probably. Like, the way... Uh, yeah, we didn't really mention it, but yeah, the way it does end, you know, they all survived, which that kind of pissed me off, too, because it was like, okay, so you came back, like, ten years later to do this movie or whatever, and there's, like, no resolution there at all like they're all still a lot well obviously like uh, spaulding is dead he got the 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 lethal injection but now these three are still alive and there's like okay so what happens now so it seems like he wants to continue on with them and honestly they those three aren't don't excite me like i really don't care to see another movie with the three of them in it totally agree but they he he probably will oh yeah he probably will just because the fans love 
like you know the Firefly family. But mm-hmm. it'll be interesting without Spalding. Like I, he was obviously the he was the star. You know, he the fans loved him the most. So without him, I don't know. You know what you where you go from here. Honestly, like, do they stay in Mexico or? <laughs> I, I would want some like. Uh... Maybe a relative to one of the police officers from Rejects or something like that, hunting them down and killing them. I think sure. that'd be a fitting wind. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm glad. I guess I'm kind of glad they didn't die though in this fucking this fucking Mexican shootout cartel thing because that would have sucked too. Um, I don't know. Honestly, I'd like to see them go back to like. Well, is the Firefly is the Firefly Ranch like gone? It was destroyed in two, right? It was burned down. Yeah. Yeah. Tiny still out in the forest though. Yeah, so I mean, he the actor died in yeah. uh, real life, but I was like, I'd like to see like where is Doctor Satan? Whatever happened to him? Like, I'd like to see like he him was, come back into it. He somehow. was arrested, but it was in a deleted scene in, oh, in Rejects. Okay. So I don't know if that's canon or not. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, and uh, so the DVDs rated R and the Blu-rays unrated. What, what do you think they cut? I would think just maybe Not the much. baby chasing the nude girl there. For Probably a... nudity, yeah. Yeah, I would yeah. think so. I can't yeah. think of anything else that was really like overtly gory or sexual or anything. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the, the one I saw in theaters was the unrated version, and like like I said, I thought it was pretty tame for the most part. How did, so. how did the theater crowd take it? Um, It seemed split, like, coming out of it. I heard some people, like saying they loved it and i heard some people kind of being meh on it so but like people weren't like cheering or anything like that like during the movie it was a pretty quiet crowd dirt like while the movie was playing there was a cheer when spalding was on screen there for that second nice yeah and i feel like this would get cheers usually because it's like a called favorite so that that shows you just how uh, bad this was unfortunately uh next question chain says I would like to know your guys' thoughts on why Rob Zombie movies get so much hate. And why do people think Sherry Moon is such a bad actress? I thought she played crazy really well in Three From Hell. I think we covered it. Sure, I mean, sure. why but why, why do Zombies movies get so much hate? Um, I don't know. I, I guess, I mean, it's really just a matter of opinion. I mean, like, I, I like 50% of his movies and the other half I don't, don't like. Um... I also think it could have something to do with people not liking his music, so they automatically don't like his movies. Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you. Maybe um, maybe Halloween kind of hurt him too. Sure. A lot of people didn't like that just by default, right? So, and then also maybe because he started so well uh, with corpses and rejects that the, you know the it's clear that the quality has definitely dropped. So maybe people automatically think they already have that stigma that oh this movie's gonna suck. I'm not gonna like it, so I'll just shit on it. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, the studios aren't touching him anymore. That's why he's basically, everything's getting crowdfunded I don't, now. I don't know, man. Lionsgate put this one out, and they made like $4 million in three days. That's pretty fucking good. That is pretty good, yeah. I mean, all right. I mean, but is it because he brought back, you know, characters that were already out there? Like, origi- his Probably. original movies aren't getting picked up, like Lords of Salem and 31 and all these. Like, the studios aren't touching it, but... I think they were more willing to touch this one because of the house and devil's connection. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Abe asks, what would each of you make differently and how would you have ended the movie? Would you have left it for another one or would you end it for real this time? 
I mean, I think we already kind of talked on it. I, I would have done the whole have Dr. Satan, like, bring them back type thing. And I kind of like Todd's idea, just, like, doing it in the prison. Like, I wouldn't have hated that. And maybe they die, like, in the prison or something. But, and they fry yeah, I think at the end. It, sure, yeah. I think it, it would have been good to just have killed them at the end of this one. Then it would have made sense for this movie to have been made. But just to keep them alive at the end of this movie, it's like, well, what, what was the point? Like, why come back and make this movie? Yeah, the, the ending, I imagined, which I know would never happen in a million years, was same ending, and they're walking away, and they're like, fuck, I need a drink. Uh, let, let's go somewhere. And you see him walking towards the titty twister. <laughs> it, just kind of a little nod to From Dust Till Dawn and kind of making people think that that's where they could go in the future. That would have been awesome, yeah. Uh, but obviously there's, like, rights issues and stuff. Yeah. But that's really the only thing that would have salvaged this ending for me. Right. Um, but other than that, I would have liked them, like you guys said, to have, to see them killed and for good this time because it just doesn't make sense that they keep living through these fucking crazy situations. What, what was the very ending? I mean, I know they burned the guy alive, but what was after that? That was it. They yeah. walk away. That was it. They just walk, just walk away. away. Yeah. 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 Like, oh. literally, they just, like, walk away <laughs> into, yeah, into the sunset. Like, and terrible. is uh, Baby and Otis are brother or sister, right? Yeah. And then Spalding was Baby's dad. Yes. But was, she, was he Otis's dad? No. So I think they're half-brother and half-sister, I want to uh, say. Okay. I think. And then, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, like, this guy's, like, their brother, too, right? He's Otis's brother. Okay, so maybe... Wait, maybe they're not brother and sister. I thought they were, though, I'm right? I'm pretty sure they... Uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but this guy's the bro- a brother, too, which... Oh, we never saw him ever in the other two movies, and now he's just randomly showing up. <laughs> yeah, I do have a good positive, though, he's... where uh, Bill Mosley was making fun of him because he had, like, two misdemeanors or something. Oh, yeah. That was a good scene. <laughs> Um, yeah. All right. Uh, Kevin asked thoughts on how they ended things with Spalding. I think we pretty much covered that. We're all bummed out, but yeah, I mean, we get it too, right? It's, uh, yeah. I mean, if we wouldn't have gotten it, if we didn't realize how bad his health was, but now, you know, now that we know, I think it's, you know, yeah, you had, you know, what else can you do? I just wish we saw him one more time in the, in the makeup. I think that yeah. would have been really cool, but, uh, did you guys uh, get sad when you, they had a flashback towards him. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh. It's, uh, exactly. Yeah. It's like, it sucks. Um, and the final question that we have, Daryl asked, am I the only one that thought Clint Howard and Mr. Baggy <laughs> Britches was the real highlight of this movie? <laughs> I mean, sure. I'll go. You know, he was fine. He was whatever. I mean, it's just like another Rob throwing a clown in his movie type thing. But uh, I wouldn't say he was a highlight, but I didn't hate him in there. Why was he there? Was that a random thing? Um, didn't they like hire him to come in or something? I, I kind of forget. But he showed up. Uh, did they hire him to come? I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember. remember either. <laughs> yeah, I don't. And I watched it like two days ago. So. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember why he showed up, but. <laughs> So that's uh, all the questions we had. So you can ask questions for us on all social medias at Horror Squad Pod or by email the Horror Squad Podcast at gmail.com. All right, final ratings. 
Yeah. I, you know, I sounded true. like I hated it, but I give this yeah. a solid middle ground five out of ten. Just because yeah. Otis is still there, Baby's still there, still Rob Zombie's universe movie, so like uh, a five. Yeah, like after watching it in the theater, I was like, meh, whatever. Like there was no point in this movie being made, but like I didn't hate myself for watching it or anything. Um, I'll never watch it again. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm right there with you, Todd. Uh, five out of ten, just middle of the road uh, type movie. Yeah, and I gave it also exactly that a five, which actually puts it into my bottom five of the year. Uh, not not the worst, but uh, it's definitely down there somewhere, and probably will stay there. I think until the end of the year. So maybe not the worst film, but definitely one of the biggest disappointments. Yeah, biggest oh, yeah. disappointment. It, it won't make my bottom of the year list, but it was definitely one of the bigger disappointments. So, do we recommend this or not? No, I no, no. no. <laughs> if you want to keep it. the keep the you know the two movies intact, yeah. don't watch this one. Yeah, and if you're a completist and want to watch it, I mean, go for it. You can watch a lot worse, but it's not one I would recommend. Nah. How but, would you guys feel about this movie if it wasn't connected to anything? So you had just watched this movie. Sure. Without, did you think you would have, you would have had a higher score or a lower score? Probably higher, honestly. I think I, like if it wasn't connected to the Firefly family, like and it was just its own standalone movie with different characters and stuff, I probably would have been more into it um but yeah i mean i think maybe a little bit higher of a rating but not not a whole like a lot higher i I probably wouldn't would have gone the opposite because the only thing that really keeps it together is those characters like the the actors yeah fair enough and i'm the same way because i think there was really no point to this movie there's no plot so if i'd seen it not knowing you know, if this was all new to me, I'd be like, what was this movie even about? I don't understand anything. So it'd probably been like a 3.5 or a 4 for me. Okay. Well, not approved. Well, yeah. Well, on a positive note, we have a great interview coming up with Dee Wallace, the amazing Dee Wallace. And we didn't just talk through Mel. We talked her entire career. We talked uh, The Howling. We talked... Uh, we talked a little E.T. in there. We talked The Frighteners. Cujo. We talked Cujo. We talked a whole bunch of her critters. Kills Have Eyes. Talked a, Kills Have Eyes, yeah. We talked a whole bunch of good stuff. So enjoy that interview. It's a, it's an awesome interview. Yeah, thanks for listening and listen to the interviews. Bye. 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 All right, hey, guys. Welcome back to the Horror Squad. Uh, this uh, guest here really doesn't need any introduction. But I'll do my best. Um, she has uh, been acting. Her career has spanned over 40 years and has over 200 acting credits to her name. Um, has starred in some iconic horror movies uh, such as The Hills Have Eyes, The Howling, Cujo, uh, Halloween, The Frighteners, Critters, um, Miss D. Wallace is joining us. Hi, D. How are you? I'm so awesome, guys. So glad to be here with you. Okay, awesome. Uh, so why don't you just, let's just, you know, obviously an over 40-year career. Um, how did you get involved in acting, and when did you decide this is something I want to make a career out of? Um, I was born. It is the short answer. You know, I I really think you're born knowing that you want to do this. And 
some people follow through and others don't. I was one of the lucky ones. I, I actually wanted to be a dancer um, and was a dancer in the Midwest, like a big fish in a very little pond. And, um, and my teacher took me and said, look, you're always going to be good. You're never going to be great. If you want to be great, go do something else. And that was acting. And so I got my degree, my teaching degree from University of Kansas, taught a year of high school, and off I went to New York to find my fame and fortune, and the rest is kind of history. But I, um, you know, my mom was a beautiful actress in local theater in Kansas City, and um, she also produced and directed all the religious plays at our church, and my very first part was the baby Jesus in the Christmas play. So that's where I got my start. Awesome. And, I mean, over 40 years now, um, you've been acting. What, what do you attribute your success and longevity longevity to? Tenacity. Yeah. <laughs> Tenacity, and I just love what I do. Um, I love uh, the emotional work. I love uh, an emotional arc to play. I think that's why um, a lot of the horror genre found me, uh, and I loved it. When it found me, I loved it because I got to do all the emotional um, emoting that I love to do. And, um, you know, I, I just, I think we make our destiny, but I think we all have a propensity toward our destiny, too. And then it's up to us whether we seize it or not. So here I am, forty <laughs> some years later. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And um, so I mean, obviously you've been such a icon um, in this horror genre. I mean, some of the most iconic roles and um, you know movies that still stand up to this day. Um, would you say that you know you chose um, horror, or do you think horror kind of found you? Well, I think horror found me in the beginning, and mm -hmm. then I uh, chose it as one of the genres that I like to live in a lot. I mean, you know, I do everything. I do Lifetime movies and Hallmark movies and guest stars of Mothers with Hearts of Gold and all that, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I try not to pigeonhole myself and and worked very hard not to let anybody else do that either. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm appearing in Rob Zombie's Three from Hell right now. Um, and in November, I have a beautiful family lifetime uh, Christmas movie called Christmas in Louisiana, which will be on in November. So, you know, I like to I like to dance and play across all the boards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you just mentioned Three from Hell. Um, let's jump into that real quick. Um uh, Sam and I actually just went and saw it um, on uh, opening night, um, and your character was just uh, so memorable. I think I really think you were a, a big standout uh, in the uh, film. So uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about you know how you got the role? Uh, obviously, you were in a couple of Rob's other movies, so how that uh, relationship came to be. Uh, well, when he did Halloween, um, you know, oh hi, doggy. <laughs> uh, when he did Halloween, he loved, Rob loves working 
with the old, older icons, uh, especially in the horror genre. And so uh, when he did Halloween Day, my agents called and said, look, you have this offer. Do you have any interest in working with Rob Zombie? And I said, dear God, yes. I would love to work with Rob Zombie. I think he's a creative genius. And, um, and so that was my first gig with Rob. And we had a really nice working rapport. And then he hired me for Lords of Salem and, and for his um, um, Super Albisto. And, um, yeah, and then he, he called me um, and said, look, D, I've uh, coming out with, you know, the sequel, and um, I've written this really far-out character for you. Read it and let me know if you'd like to do it. Well, you know, I read it, and she was just so deliciously different <laughs> yeah. than what I usually get to play. And um, I wrote him back, and he said, God, yes, I want to do this part, but i got to dye my hair brown, and, you know, I see her with glasses, and and we just were on the same page right off the bat. That's what I love about Rob is he just, with open arms, welcomes everybody's input and creativity. You know, he knows exactly what he wants, but he just uh, opens it up to everybody's input, which is what makes it fun for an actor, and I think that's where you get your best stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody yeah, brings I, in their own ideas, you know. Sure. And uh, obviously you've worked with some of the, the most iconic directors, especially in the horror genre, um, you know, Peter Jackson being one of them. Uh, and uh, Wes Craven, and now Rob Zombie, and also Spielberg. Um, I mean, is there a favorite out of the the four I named there, or are they all just kind of their own unique, special blend? Oh, yeah, I, I don't... You, you really can't compare any of them, other yeah. than the fact that they're all brilliant, mm -hmm. they all know what they're doing, um, and they're all nice guys. And, um, you know, let's not leave out Louis Teague, who did Cujo oh, and course, Joe yeah. Dante. Yeah, You know, absolutely. Joe Dante is is brilliant in the horror and the comedy horror. And, um, you know, I've just been really lucky to work with people who are incredibly talented and who are not assholes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there an actor or director you, you haven't worked with yet that you, you'd love to work with? Oh, Anthony Hopkins. Oh, yeah. That's that's my that's my bucket list right right <laughs> there if I could work with Anthony Hopkins. Absolutely. Um, so let's uh, switch gears here. Um, I want to go to, obviously, the, the early part of your career here and um, The Hills Have Eyes. I mean, this was Wes Craven's second movie. Um, you know, were you familiar with Craven? Had you seen... Um, Last House on the Left, when you had before you had taken this role. Well, sure, I saw it, just, but I saw it just as a viewer, you know, just as a moviegoer. Sure. Um, um, but I, you know, that was back in the day where, dear God, just all I want is a job. Give me some <laughs> film. Let me sure. get started. You know. Um, and I read this script and I went, Oh my God, I know her. I can do her. Uh, with my eyes closed, and then I, I met Wes, and he was 
such a quiet, unassuming, sweet man, and uh, and I thought, well, this this is going to be a lot of fun. And then, of course, dear Lord, it was down in the <laughs> desert, and and it. I think it it was within like one and a half miles of where SAG allowed us to still drive to, oh, so wow. it was way, way, way far away. And um, all the actors stayed in one trailer, and at one point the toilet broke. So I spent a lot of time in my car uh, doing this this movie. Um, but who knew? I mean, 40 years later, 45 years later, you know, it's still uh, an iconic hit uh, in the horror world. So it's kind of crazy. You never know, like E.T. I mean, E.T. is going to live forever. It's our Wizard of Oz. It's going to, mm-hmm. you know, my kids and my grandkids are going to be playing it for their kids and grandkids. So um, yeah. I, I think you just have to get out and do your best and be as honest as you can be in this craft and um, hopefully attract nice people to work with and and uh, build a career, yeah. you know? Absolutely. Um, do, had you Have you seen the remake of The Hills Have Ice? And what were your thoughts on it if you did? I have not, so okay. that saves me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I actually got to say it was, a, it was a pretty good remake. I mean, obviously, I don't think anything can... Um, replicate just the rawness of uh, that original, but I think they yeah. did. A, I think they did a good job with um, what they had. Um, obviously, after the hills have eyes, um, we get to one of the most and greatest, in my opinion, werewolf films ever made, um, where you played uh, Karen White in The Howling. Um, just, uh, I guess, a little bit of your experience on on the set of that movie. Well, you know, Christopher and I were engaged at the time, so we were in this loveless place while we were shooting it and um, living together. And so what could have been a really, really, really hard shoot and hard physically because we, I think we worked Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday days, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights, which is... horrible turnaround on your psyche and your body you know mm-hmm. but we were together and we were in love so um so it was just great fun for both of us and you can't not have fun working with joe dante yeah he's brilliant he's creative and he's funny and he's just easy he's just really easy you know um a lot of very talented Directors are also screamers, and fortunately, I haven't attracted those yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Todd, I know you said you had a couple. You want to jump in? Yeah, uh, D. So I saw Cujo at two different times in my life. One when I was a kid, obviously, and the second time when I was a parent. So um, your portrayal of Donna is just amazing. Was it difficult working with the dog, or was he pretty you know, calm when he's not shooting? Well... Thank you. First of all, it's my favorite film. Oh, cool. Uh, I'm, I'm really, really proud of my performance in it. That's amazing. There were 13 dogs that played Cujo. Wow. And they were all trained to do different tricks 
going after different toys. So they were having the time of their lives because it was all fun and games for them. Uh, we actually had to tie their tails down with fish wire because they were having so much fun. <laughs> and um, so the dogs were trained within an inch of their lives by Carl Miller. I, I mean, I've I've never experienced, and I've worked with a lot of animals, but these dogs were unbelievably trained. And um, I was I was never in fear. Um, they were they were so regulated. We had a vet on the set all the time taking care of them. They were taken much better care of than I was. I just want everybody <laughs> to know that. But it was absolutely the hardest thing I've ever done. And they they treated me for exhaustion for three weeks afterwards. Wow. Oh, wow. Well, you know, your body doesn't know you're acting. Yeah. Your body and, and your brain thinks you are in fight or flight for eight weeks. Mm-hmm. So I blew out my adrenals. And, um, you know, it was, thank God I got I mean, thank God, that kid was just brilliant. Mm-hmm. And it was like working with another adult. And um, fortunately, uh, um, Louis Teague came in to take over the film, and I'm still quite good friends with Louis and Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just really good guys and incredibly talented, and I, I owe them a lot for protecting me so early in my career wow uh so with i mean over 251 film credits to your name is there a film that you wish had more uh more of a following um yeah the frighteners oh frighteners we love that (laughs) i know (laughs) it's such an underrated film and it was supposed to come out around halloween which it should have, and some big blockbuster wasn't finished in the summer, so they threw it out there, and it kind of got lost. I would love to see the studio re-release it, because I think it would do really well right now. Right, and I mean, you got Peter Jackson behind it, obviously, there, so the popularity just in that name alone. Um, You know, how how was it working with, with Peter, and obviously Michael J. Fox, and of course your crazy uh boyfriend there uh jake Busey in the movie how 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 are they all work to work with well i love jake jake and i you know we just clicked we just we became fast friends uh, on the set and um uh, i see him a lot at the cons now I, I i love jake peter is one of the kindest sweetest gentlest people i've ever worked with um, he is a hobbit. <laughs> I mean, when I worked with him, he was still quite heavy, and he had this bushy beard, and he would come to the set, and it was winter, in short, and, um, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, my husband, Christopher, died while I was doing The Frighteners, mm. and I had to fly back and forth four times, which is literally halfway across the world uh, in the span of about two and a half weeks. Wow. And um, when I when I went 
at the end of the film to settle up with them. It probably would have been my entire salary. Um, the bookkeeper said, oh, no, D, you know, this is Peter's gift to you. He's taking care of all the flights and everything. Oh, nice. And that's the kind of guy he is. And, you know, he's like that down to the very smallest job on the set. He always was there to hear a complaint from anybody. There was no pecking order. I just really, um, just really, really have an incredible amount of respect for Peter and how he ran his his set and his company. Yeah, absolutely. And he's gone on to become one of the most successful directors in Hollywood <laughs> right now. And I would you love think? to see him. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I would love to see him come back to to horror at some point because. Uh, I mean, not just the Fraggers, but his earlier stuff, um, you know, Brain Dead, Dead Alive, and Bad Taste, and Meet the Feebles, just yeah. some really, really fun movies, and the Frighteners, I think, being the standout, that one was just a, a really special, and like you said, a, a really underrated, um, you know, I'd love to see it get some more recognition, so, um, after, yeah, I'm me glad, too. I'm really happy that that was your uh, answer, honestly. Um, so, uh, I wanted, to, I mean, you had just mentioned horror conventions, so, um, you know, uh, what is your experience with them? I mean, do you love doing them? Do you love meeting the fans? I do. I do love doing them. I love meeting the fans. Um, sometimes the travel gets a little weary, but I love meeting the fans. I mean, I have stories of miracles of uh, autistic kids that had never spoken, and they took them to see the re-release of E.T., and they started saying every line E.T. had to stories of, hi, my mom and dad went to see Cujo at the drive-in, and that's where I was conceived. (laughs) Stories about everything. I love to see the product they find that I don't even know is out there. Mm -hmm. It's uh, crazy. But I I love connecting with them, uh, especially my horror fans are just the best and the most loyal and just beautiful people. Awesome. Um, Have you ever had, uh, like, an odd experience or anything uh, crazy at a convention? (laughs) Well, sure. You know, (laughs) you get get people that ask you to sign their butt so they can have a tattoo made, (laughs) you know. Yeah, you, you get a lot of strange requests. Yeah. But I I just think that's entertaining. Yep. Sure. That's <laughs> I and I if you stay out of judgment, you really always get to find a beautiful place in all the people that come up to your table. Absolutely. Uh do you got any coming up that uh some of our listeners might be in the area for? Um well, the rest of the year, I'm going to Calgary this next week in Calgary, Canada, then Niagara Falls, Canada, and then Dusseldorf, Germany. Wow. And that's the rest of my, rest of my year. Yeah. Cool. Uh, next year, I've already got, I think, four or five booked. Nice. I'm happy that I'll, I'll be back at Texas Frighten Air awesome. next, uh, next year. Yeah. And some other really good ones too. Great. Is there, is there uh, social you, media? Oh yeah. Is there a, is there a favorite convention you have? Um, you know, I 
since I've been doing conventions, I've all I have done every year Motor City Nightmare. Okay. So it's kind of my family, and I always make a point of getting back there, usually awesome. around April. Awesome. Uh, Steve, I know you said you had a couple. You want to jump in? I did. Uh, speaking of cons, uh, you played so many classic roles and so many classic horror films. What's the film that people asked you about the most at cons? Uh, it's a toss-up between E.T. and Cujo. Mm. Yeah, those, um, there's a, definitely some... People really are fascinated about how we did Cujo with the dogs and the kid. and yeah. So there, there's always a lot of questions about how we did that and how many ETs were there, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and you, you talked about talk, working with dogs, but what I want to know is what was it like working with critters? <laughs> with critters? Okay, guys, when I did critters, uh, they've, well, you know, I, I did a reboot of Critters that's on sci-fi right now. Mm-hmm. So every, everybody should tune in. It's, it's a fun one. But literally most of them were hairy little balls that <laughs> the guys off camera, somebody would go, okay, roll them in, and the guys would just roll them across camera. I mean, <laughs> you know, that when we did it, that's, pretty much the extent of what they were. They had a couple that were more um, defined. They only had the very, very top of the big critter. That's why you only see it peering through the the uh, window like that because they didn't really have it developed until we went in for the photo shoot some months later. So um, not 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 quite as um, refined, okay, as working <laughs> with the dogs in Guja. Dee, I had a question. Was there a role that you had that maybe you didn't go in as confident as some of your other um, roles that you maybe self, you had self-doubt and you were kind of afraid? No. No, I love it. <laughs> No, I I have to say no. I um you can't have room for that. Um, huh? Well, you know, it's interesting with my method. When I read a script, I know right away um the character gets in me and I just know her. Yeah. And if that doesn't happen, I don't do the part. Okay. Um, and then I also wanted to know, this is kind of off topic with your acting, what's a normal day for you like? Like when you have no work and it's just you have time to spend to yourself, how do you spend it? Well, that's not a normal day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a normal day for me, you you guys know I have a whole other business as a healer. Yeah. And um, so a normal day for me is usually two or three private sessions with my healing clients in the morning, um, one or two auditions maybe, um, two or three podcasts like I'm doing now. But I always end my day by 6 o'clock because I know from my healing work how important it is to hold your balance in your life. Mm-hmm. And that's my time with family and my time to um, recoup and Love on my dog and, you know, yeah. keep that balance in my life. 
I do have one more question. Um, so I was born and raised in Wichita, Kansas, and I recently moved to the East Coast almost a year ago. Do you ever miss Kansas living? <laughs> Uh, I do. I, I. Well, let me put it this way. I miss growing up there. I yeah. miss the Kansas I, I knew. Um, I could not go back now because the thinking, especially politically for me, yep. is way off base. Yeah. But, yeah, we're good people. We're really good people. I think so. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. Um, all right, I guess um, we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Um, we thank you so much, Dee, for uh, coming on. Um, it's really been an honor. I mean, you've been an, an icon um, and just so important to the genre. I mean, all four of us are just massive horror fans, so we all grew up watching you, and uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Well, thanks, guys, and thanks for your uh, intelligent questions. I really enjoyed answering some different questions for a change. <laughs> Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary.